Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach. And I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, 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 and welcome to the very first episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. I've had this idea to do a podcast for piano teachers for so many years, and so being here today and making it a reality is just really, really exciting and um, a really big celebration for me. So I am so happy that you are here joining with, joining me today and I cannot wait to get to know you and to continue having conversations with you. I wanted to start a podcast for a really long time because I have learned so much along my journey throughout the years and every single time that I reach a small goal or that I level up in some way, I always have the same thought, which is, if I could help someone get to where I am or to where they want to be faster and without as much stress as it took me to get here, that would be so powerful and inspiring and fulfilling. And I want to help people learn from my mistakes, right? I want to share my mistakes with the world and hope that you don't make the same ones, hope that you can learn from my wins and just share the knowledge that I have gained along my journey. So in this podcast, you'll be hearing from me. You'll be hearing a lot of my lessons learned, tips and tricks. Um, I talk a lot about streamlining and scaling processes for your studio in the work that I do with piano teachers and anything that relates to the topic of working smarter, not harder. This has become kind of a life motto for me and also a huge motto in my business. Um, if you are here with me today and you have already seen some of my YouTube content or my Instagram content, then you know that um, I got started online by helping adult piano players learn to practice smarter, not harder. And I still do that. I do that through my group program and I do that in a lot of the content that I release out into the world. And I'm so excited to be applying that same concept to your teaching business or to your piano business. Um, and so today, in today's episode, I want to share some of my story with you because I've learned so many lessons along the way. And in the title of this episode, I used the word successful. And I didn't do that lightly because I don't know about for you, but for me, the, the title successful, um, it packs some punch, right? There's a little bit of baggage associated with the word successful. And I think that's because it, it, you know, everybody has a different definition of what successful means to them. And so before I dive into my story, I just want to let you know why I use that word and what that word means to me. So for the sake and in the context of my story, I don't mean successful as synonymous with perfect not by a long shot at all. I use the word successful to celebrate the lessons that I've learned and the goals that I have accomplished. To me, success is a journey. It's not a destination. I know that might sound a little cheesy, but I don't use the word successful saying like, I've arrived and I have it all and everything is perfect. That is not at all what that means to me. Um, success is a process, right? I definitely, there are parts of my business that I have worked so hard to craft into what I want them to be today. And it's 
taken a lot of thought and a lot of effort and a lot of relearning. And ideally, if you go about your journey in a way that is true and authentic to you and you're working to craft the kind of life that you want, then you have a lot of successes to celebrate along the way. And so that's how I use the word. I use the word successful to celebrate the journey that has happened already in the past, to celebrate where I am right now, and to celebrate the things that I still want to accomplish in the future, right? I am not at an end point, and I don't think I will ever be at an end point. That is not who I am as a person. I always am trying to grow and learn and level up. And so successful to me is the journey. It's celebrating and acknowledging the wins and also looking ahead to what kind of wins I want to acknowledge and celebrate in the future. So a little bit about me. If we go way, 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 way back, I started playing the piano when I was um, four years old. I begged my parents for piano lessons and I always loved music. I had an aunt and a cousin that both played the piano and I looked up to them and I wanted to be just like them. And I really did. Uh, I do remember feeling very connected to music, even as a young child and just kind of being transported to another place through music. And so I really wanted to do piano lessons when I was a kid. And I'm so grateful to my mom and to the first teacher that she found that would take me on. Um, and I ended up taking, you know, traditional piano lessons all throughout my childhood. And when I say traditional, I mean like a once weekly lesson. I would go to my teacher's house. I did a couple of recitals a year. There were definitely times in my journey when I did like festivals and competitions and things um, like a little season of my journey where I did that. And when I uh, got old enough, I decided to pursue a bachelor's and master's degree in classical piano performance. And as I share my story with you, I'm going to share three pivotal points, okay? Three kind of times that I look back over history where like something changed or something impacted me in a big way that has helped lead me to where I am today. Um, I think it's really helpful to break things into anchor points like that, um, not only for my own processing. And so I can recognize like what has helped me along the journey, but also in sharing the story with you so that hopefully you can gain some knowledge and wisdom through the things that I went through. So one of the really pivotal points for me in my teaching career and my business was when I started college, I decided to do my undergraduate degree. And I got connected with my then studio teacher who was gonna take me all the way through that bachelor's degree. Her name is Dorothea Cromley and she's amazing. Huge shout out to Dorothea as a life changer. Um, and she was an incredible instructor. I mean, super incredible and took me to places I never thought I would go with my performing career. But also when I started my degree, I was working as a server at a restaurant. Right. So on weekends and in evenings, I was waiting tables and doing that whole thing. And she found this out pretty early on because she asked me, you know, what, what I was doing when I wasn't practicing and how I was getting through school and all of that. And she basically told me like, no, <laughs> you can't. That is a waste of time. You're going to be spending so much time trying to earn such a tiny income and it's going to be taking away from all of your music studies. And so she really encouraged me to teach. And not only did she encourage me to start a studio, she actually really helped me along the way. She helped me create a studio policy that protected me and that um, I didn't know it at the time, but she was giving me a really good foundation for what just basic, wonderful business practices were um, at that point in my life. She was laying that foundation for me. 
And she also helped me get my first few students. Like people would call the college asking if she knew of any teachers or people, you know, would ask if she knew of any teachers and she would always refer to people to me. And so she really helped me set up my business in literally every sense of, um, of the word. She gave me students. She helped me create that studio policy. And she also was the instructor for my first ever pedagogy class where I learned how to actually teach, you know, what the method books were and all of that. And I had, I mean, I had technically been teaching. I started teaching like family members and neighbors when I was in middle school. Um, but obviously that was not with any sense of formality. And given that I was a young child, I didn't really, really know what I was doing. So with her encouragement and with her help, I opened my first official studio. And I was so lucky because I was able to teach my way through college. And I actually put myself through my undergraduate degree solely on my teaching income. I would get to school super, super early. I would do my hours of practicing. I would do my classes and then I would go straight into teaching. And I learned so much during this time as a young business owner, because I learned how to communicate with parents. I learned how to do billing and I definitely made some mistakes and was able to learn from those mistakes. Um, I kept tightening up my studio policy and revamping the way that I was doing business to keep up with uh, what I needed from my business um, and the kind of hours that I needed to work and all of that. So if we keep going forward, I taught all the way through college and I also taught through grad school. I went to grad school down at USC in Los Angeles, shout out to the Thornton School of Music. And at that time I was doing a mix of school and I was living in an apartment and I didn't have my own piano or my own studio. I was practicing in the practice rooms. And so I was doing like a combination. I was teaching at the practice rooms at school. Shh. I don't know if that was really technically allowed, so don't tell anybody that, um, but just a couple lessons a week at the practice rooms at school. And then I was also driving around to people's homes and teaching in their homes. And I was doing that because it, it you know, at the time, like that's what I could do. I didn't have an in-home studio. I sure as heck didn't have a separate studio space. And I was working with phenomenal students. I was working with such lovely families. I really, I've always loved, you know, the one-on-one -on -one connection that I have with my students during their lessons and the personal relationship that I get to build with the families that are in my studio. But because I was in school and because I was juggling driving around all of Los Angeles with like the horrendous traffic and my schoolwork, I was so exhausted. Um, and I didn't realize how exhausted until a couple of years after school. So I graduated and I continued to drive to people's houses to teach lessons. And I was, well, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I was, I was doing a lot of things in my business also that were exhausting me and were kind of sucking my energy that I didn't realize at the time. So I got really tired. And the second pivotal part of my story happens around this time when I actually quit music for a while. I was so tired and I didn't know how to juggle like, being in the real world and driving around to all these people's houses and teaching lessons and the, the amount of energy that that required, I couldn't balance that with what I wanted to do with like still also being able to play music and feel like a professional musician outside of um, my teaching studio. You know, I wanted a balance between both and I couldn't find it and I tried and I was just so tired. And so I was thinking like, you know what? Maybe I pursued the wrong path. Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe it's not realistic to be able to make a living as a musician and also be able to perform. Um, and so I quit. I actually took a, a year off and I went to Korea and I taught English for a year. And for me, this was a really big life changer because it was the very first time in my life that I had ever not done music for an extended period of time. 
I started playing the piano when I was four and I literally never stopped. I, throughout childhood, I know some people organize their studio where they don't teach during the summer. My teachers didn't do that. I had several different teachers throughout childhood and I always took lessons through the summer and I always took lessons very regularly. My mom, my mom was really great about having a routine and keeping me to that schedule. And so I didn't ever take time off. So this was the very first time in my life that I actually didn't play the piano for about six months and I wasn't teaching um, for the first time in my adult life. And I did this as a test to myself. I wanted to see that if I quit music, would I miss it? Would I feel deeply connected to it? Because I, I knew that I had that deep connection to music, but I had gotten so lost in the weeds of like how to make money doing music that I just felt like it sucked all the joy. Now, fast forward, I did miss it. <laughs> About six months into my stay in Korea, I was feeling like I had so much inside of me that I needed to get out and I had no outlet for that. And so I actually found a music school and I was, they were so amazing and so kind. They gave me keys to the music school and they let me come after hours and just play the piano for fun. I got a little bit back into practicing and I really just allowed myself to play when I wanted to play. And I removed all the like shoulds and all of the, I tried to get rid of all the baggage that I had from music school um, of like, you know, I need to be practicing this amount of hours a day, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I knew that when I came back to the United States, I would have to do things differently, right? Like if I wanted to maintain my energy level and my deep connection to music, that had to be the focus of it. And I had to stop doing things that weren't serving me. So I made a couple of changes when I came back. I opened my studio. I moved back to Portland, Oregon, and I opened my studio in, thankfully, in my home. I, I did have a piano at that point. And I was able to have people come to my house for lessons, which was really awesome. I was able to get connected with my local MTNA teaching chapters. I got involved in the community and I was able to get a job at a college. So my business was flourishing. I had a wait list. I was teaching at a college and I was enjoying all of it. Like I really loved all of the people that I was working with. And at the college, I was feeling super fulfilled. I was getting to teach you know, like keyboard harmony and ear training. I got to teach all of the piano majors their private lessons. And I even got to design a pedagogy certificate for people in the community that didn't have degrees in music, but that wanted more training um, without getting a degree in performance. And it was awesome. Like I felt so, so good there for a while. And then when I fast forward to 2019, um, I was, I think I, along that path, I was so inspired and so excited by my work that I took a lot of work on. <laughs> I was working a lot because I was, I was pretty much all, uh, I was like working as many hours as I could at the college and then also teaching my private studio. So I was doing about 50 hours a week of like teaching classes and private students and teaching college students. Um, and at this point, I was also about to embark on the journey of motherhood. And I knew that in a lot of ways, this was going to have to, this was going to make me reevaluate what I was doing, right? Because I was going to have my first child and I didn't want to be working 50 hours a week um, and also trying to be a mom at the same time. And I had always known, you know, that eventually I was pretty sure I wanted to be a mom. And that when I had kids, I didn't want to be working in the after school hours. And there was always this cognitive dissonance for me because naturally I had spent a lot of my teaching career teaching um, school age children, you know, like elementary through high school or even adults who are working during the day or they're at school during the day. And the prime time for those private lessons is from like 3 p.m to whatever as late as you want to go you know 8 p.m 9 p.m and so 
I never could reconcile that in my head of like, how am I going to make this career work when I get to a point where like I have a family and I'm going to want to be spending time with my kids because eventually my kids would go to school and their after school hours would be prime time for me to be, you know, spending time with them. And so I was at this moment where everything um, wasn't really making sense and I didn't know quite how to handle it. So I took some time off when my daughter was born um, and I kind of dove right in after, you know, like my three or four month maternity leave. I dove right back in to my college job and to my private studio and I was really tired. I, I did feel like I was getting the hang of it. You know, I was doing the mom thing. I was doing the career thing. I was trying to juggle it all, but there really wasn't any time for me. There wasn't a lot of time for my then husband there. You know, it just, it wasn't working. It wasn't a good balance. Um, and I found myself in this position again, where I was really, really, really exhausted. Um, and to be honest, the third pivotal point in my story was really actually the pandemic. So it was not a conscious choice, or I guess it wasn't a conscious catalyst. It was something that I couldn't control that ended up being a catalyst for a lot of change. And so the pandemic hit and my daughter was seven months old. And so I had been back at work for about four months. I felt like I was like maybe managing it, but I also felt really exhausted and like it was really a way too much more than I could ever really truly juggle. Um, and then all of a sudden everything changed everything went online. And I know you all know, because, you know, every single person in the world was so deeply affected in different ways by the global pandemic of COVID-19. And so all of a sudden I didn't have to leave my house and I moved all of my lessons from my private studio online. All of my college classes went online and I didn't have a commute. And that was big for me. I gained back, um, I think like 45 minutes to an hour of my day of commute time, which was hugely powerful. And I felt like I had a little bit of breathing room for the very first time since having my daughter um, and being able to juggle work. And this time and space gave me the ability to kind of reflect on what was going on and, and how I ended up in this situation where, again, I was feeling so exhausted and energetically depleted um, with trying to balance all the aspects of my life. And I dug deep and you know, I, I came back to that idea that I didn't want to be teaching in the after school hours. And I, I also knew that my schedule and my income were constantly changing based on when students could make it to their lessons and when they had to cancel. Um, I had really great policies. I was, you know, charging a month in advance and I had a great cancellation policy and all of that. But at the end of the day, I was structuring my business in a way where if I wanted to take time off or if my students needed to take time off, I wasn't getting paid for that time. And so my income was varying every month. I was doing a lot of time, like emailing parents about schedule, emailing parents about billing. And there was just a lot of energy going in a lot of different directions. And I also felt really capped. I knew that, you know, I was charging this hourly rate for my lessons and based on how much it fluctuated each month and based on the fact that it was like a, an exchange of like this hourly rate for this amount of time, I knew that I was capped up because there was the, the only direct correlation was like, however many hours I work is the amount of hours I get paid for. And it just didn't feel sustainable. And for the very first time I started to reevaluate my story. Because for so long, I had told myself, like, you know, as long as I want to teach piano lessons, like, I'm just going to have to work in the after school hours. You know, piano teachers mostly charge an hourly rate. That's how it's done. That's how the, that's like what the industry standard is. And, you know, even at this point in my career, I was doing things 
pretty different than the industry standard, but it still wasn't serving me and it was still energetically depleting me. I was charging a really high hourly rate and I had a great cancellation policy. I was not doing a lot of makeup lessons, but I, it still wasn't enough. Right. And so at this point in my story, I started to just allow for the possibility that maybe there were other ways of doing it. Maybe there were ways um, that I could think about things differently or small tweaks that I could make that would allow for some more space in my schedule or some more time or some more changes. So, um, after moving everything online, um, I decided, you know, I mean, we're, we still have cases of COVID, of, of course, as I'm recording this, but I decided that I would actually always be online. And I occasionally have students come to my studio, you know, people that are working for college auditions or competitions and stuff, but my entire business now is online. And I've decided that for me and my life, that works. And I probably at least for the foreseeable future, I'm not going back. It will always be online. I took that opportunity to invest in some business coaching and some business training that taught me how to streamline and optimize and taught me some systems to use so that I could get back some of my time um, with like all of the things that I was doing with like billing and scheduling. I, I was so hesitant to put processes in place. And I kid you not, you guys, I'm this is like so funny to say, but I know there are some of, of you out there that will resonate with this story. My then husband would give me so much crap about this because I was literally keeping my books with a pen and paper. I would literally like write out how many lessons people had a month and like calculate it and then send personal emails with their invoices, which if you're still doing that, I totally get it because I was there for a very, very, very long time. But for me, that was such a waste of time and energy. I was so hesitant to implement the systems that would make that easier that I was really holding myself back. So I implemented some systems to streamline. I raised my rates significantly. I actually almost doubled them with only one month's notice. And I was terrified to do this because I thought that like all of my students would quit, um, but only one did. And I um, did some other adjustments to my studio policy too, to get some of my energy and time back. And I was so terrified to make these changes because I was worried that like people would judge me or that my students would quit or that they would hate me. I was really concerned with all of that, but what actually ended up happening is like, I had more time and more energy to be creative, which was amazing. I felt for the first time, like I actually had like more to give as a parent and more to give to my students and more energy to put back into my studio because I wasn't so depleted. I had the creative and mental bandwidth. Um, and I also had like the foundation of streamlining in my studio that I was actually a lot. I, I, it made me excuse me, it made, it made it possible for me to hire two additional teachers, which was really cool. So I expanded my business and I scaled. And I also now had the time and resources to be benevolent in my business. And I opened up a couple of scholarship spots where I could really genuinely give from a place of having energy to people that could not afford lessons. And that's something that I always wanted to do. But Previously, I had just done it by not charging enough um, and telling myself that I was doing that for the good of other people, when really that just made me exhausted and resentful. And so I was now charging a rate where I actually felt like I had a little bit more to give and I was able to be more benevolent and create more impact and do more good in my community. So um, this was a very exciting time because I also had the energy to start a YouTube channel in 2021. And that was a huge pivotal point for me. So I guess that's the fourth pivotal point, but I, I really relate that back to the start of the pandemic. I got more comfortable with the online format. I started releasing content regularly and that 
taught me so much and allowed me to start a group program called Casual to Confident Piano Player that I started about a year ago. And what is so cool about Casual to Confident is it is a truly scalable program. It's something that people join the program and it doesn't create more work for me outside of the group classes and outside of the relationship that I have with them. So really along my entire journey, I went from, you know, being exhausted and driving to people's houses to working 50 hours a week. I now work about 25-ish hours a week, give or take. There's some weeks where it's 30. There's some weeks where it's 20. And I make twice as much money as I used to. And I, I love what I do and my business feeds and fulfills me. And that's not to say that it's perfect. I mean, I know I'm, I'm, I'm spending a moment here talking about all the positive things. There are definitely still things that I'm learning, still things that I struggle with. Like it is hard to be an entrepreneur. And I look forward to really delving into that topic with you more in future episodes, because there are definitely lessons to, that have been had there. And I know I'm going to continue learning lessons there. Um, but you know, the positive things for me are that I feel like I don't have those days where I get done teaching and I feel so depleted, right? Like I have, there are busy days, there are busy weeks, but I am energetically putting things into, putting my energy into things that are exciting me and things that are giving back to me. I get to help so many more people than I did before because I streamlined my business and scaled in a way where I made what I wanted and my time and energy, my top priority, instead of trying to serve other people at the expense of myself. I also love that I'm able to build, that I've been able to build a community of piano players. Like I love tuning in and showing up online for my community and getting to interact with those people because the inspiration goes both ways, right? Like I can help give them a trick or help them have a win. And I also am so inspired by seeing how much work and energy and time they're willing to put in to hone their craft. So I am just really excited to be here with you and to continue sharing more about the lessons that I've learned so that hopefully you can overcome some of the challenges that you are experiencing as well. I now feel like the one big success that I can celebrate in a big way is that my business is completely flexible. I'm not at the mercy of other people's schedules and makeup lessons and it's scalable. And I know that I can mold it to be whatever I want it to be to serve my life. And that is so hugely exciting. So I'm so happy that you are along this journey with me. Now, as we wrap up for today, um, I have been on the back end for quite a while now working with piano teachers to help them learn how to do this kind of stuff for their business as well. So I can't wait to get to know you more and to continue having these conversations with you every single week here on the podcast. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram at Ashley Young Music Studio. I'll also link that in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would really help me out on this new podcast endeavor if you would be willing to rate the podcast or write a review or both, and maybe even uh, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your socials. I am so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful for you spending your time with me today. I can't wait to talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening. I love connecting with open-minded business owners from all over the world. As you know, a studio policy is one of the most important assets of your business and a good studio policy will save you time and energy. For this reason, I created a free PDF with a list of three ways that you can level up your studio policy right now. To grab the free PDF, head on over to ashleyjyoung.com slash level up, and the link is in the show notes as well. Talk to you soon.